The Wrestling Brain podcast is recorded in front of a live audience at twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. You can be a part of the show, have your voice heard, hang out in the chat, or call in and talk to us immediately following AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, and AEW Pay-Per-Views. Check us out live immediately following all of those shows on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. And while you're here on the podcast, do us a favor, rate us five stars or subscribe or follow or whatever your favorite podcast provider does do that for us and you could be one of the many people who are saying wrestling brain What a dynamite. W- w- welcome back to Wrestling Brain. Of course, I'm Mr. 50K Baby, Josh Custodio, here to review and recap a uh, an eventful night of dynamite. But if you look across your stream, screen, rather, either the left or the right, whichever direction you normally see these zoobs, the zoobs is not there tonight. But we wish him well. He's doing incredible. There's good things on the way, but he's a little tied up this evening and in his place. We've got the host of my favorite podcast. Think of how many podcasts there are. 10 20 million his is my favorite he is the host of block wow of course the pod cast. wow famed comedian john cullen in the building with me tonight hey john how you doing hey i'm great josh how are you yeah i'm good i'm interested to see how this show goes because i this show on rails autopilot with the zooms i mean you you have a podcast you've been doing for longer than this so you understand yeah. you and stefan it's like oh yeah. i i know what i'm doing here yeah we just show up and take the people's money baby that is the exact secret of the whole thing. You've got it right. You're going to fit in great around here. Although you had a, a swapped co-host in on Block Party this week. So you know we exactly did. where I am right now. Yeah, for the first together. time. Yeah, we, we yeah the first time in 177 episodes, we, uh, we had a, a guest host, uh, Chris James. And it was great. It was a fun episode. And uh, yeah, you know, it does. I, I think with Chris, though, I was a little bit... Uh, I was a little lucky because we did podcasts for so long. Oh, right. So we did kind of, I don't know if you've listened to Blocked Party yet this week, but um, we I definitely- I wouldn't listen with Chris on, but but yeah, otherwise <laughs> I would have. Yeah, for sure. We, we fell into that like energy right away of him just like stomping on me like he would do on podcasts. And it worked out very well. I think people seem to like it. So, so, so are yeah, you it was saying good. maybe without us having a podcast history, we can't hope for that. This is going to be, be a sort of- Yeah, we could be in big trouble. Well, as always, I'm going to be carried by the damn Brainiacs in the chat. Thank you all for coming Wrestle along with us. This is your first Matt time Lee. here. We'd love it if you'd consider a follow. If you don't feel like doing that, wrestling fans, no wrestling fans, text a friend right now. Say Josh and John Cullen are about to get down, get down, and move it all around. Mm-hmm. Talking about tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. We're joined by surprise secret producer. What's his name? We're going to settle it out. Matt, behind the ones and twos. You want to say hi to everybody, Matty? Hi. Okay, more riveting content from Matt, uh, as always, just coming in with the energy. I'm up here, John's up here, Matt's up here! And that's what we bring a lot for. Thank you so much, uh, Matt, for running this. A couple subs to thank out the gate. Now, this always happens on the good Dynamites. I don't have to get on my hands and knees and beg for subs like most Wednesdays. They come pouring in because the damn people enjoyed the show. Thank you to Brick Mittens. Three months subscribing with Prime. Of course, very easy to subscribe with Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, which you do because you purchased something in the last couple months, you, of course, instead of giving that entire amount of money to Jeff Bezos, you can give a little bit to the Zooms and I. 
and and maybe John and, and Matt in spirit. Well, no, John, we're pretend that I didn't say that, John. And no me. money. Are you? No, not, you're not paying me for this. Well, we're in sort of exposure. Oh, okay. That that's a fair deal. I do shows for <laughs> exposure all the time. <laughs> yeah, your landlord takes that for uh, payment, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa, we got a bunch of gifted subs here. America oh is so bad, popping off. Hey, my name is Will. Subscribing for fifteen months. Thank you so much, Will. That is forever. Uh, Danable Corp saying a guest host fresh from having a guest host. Yeah, that's exactly right, Danable. Exactly right. Uh, my pal Jay subscribing. Oh my goodness, the subs really coming in tonight. And then Obi Wan Kabashi. Thank you so much. And then America is so bad. Drop it a ten bomb. Ten bomb. Boo. Water we doing hair. <laughs> America's so bad. Thank you for your generosity, man. Sex J in the chat. Ever dread. Oh, hey, Robin. Keeg's most grossest. I think we might have a banger on our hands tonight. Brickman saying America is so bad. I I can't say that if that's where the sub's coming from, right? But I, I do tend to agree with you. Mm-hmm. Now, like we always do off the top of the show, John, I know you're an adamant viewer. Uh, yes. I want to, before actually maybe we get into the normal format of the show, John, I'd like to frame tonight. What is your AEW viewing habits? We watch the pay-per-views together. But is this the first full dynamite you've watched? Yes, yes, yes. If you if you would if you had described my uh, previous viewings of dynamite, uh, it would be about the equivalent of the wick. <laughs> Get it, folks? This might be a long ass ninety minutes. Matt was dropping some absolute turds beforehand. Now here's John. No, uh, so so of course, wick small end of dynamite. The wick. So this is the wick. It's a good first one to tune into, man. Okay, so yeah. with that in mind, on a scale of one to seven. This is the first Dynamite I've ever watched in full. This is not a bad first one to catch, but I think that's going to be interesting yeah. framing for this episode because I wasn't, okay. wouldn't say it was formatically the most typical Dynamite. So be curious to get your thoughts as we go up okay. and down the card, John. But first, to the Brainiacs. And, oh, that, okay, chat sort of popping for your joke, John. Maybe I'm Thank wrong. You. Thank you. Well, someone's saying it's a fuse, not a wick. Uh incorrect okay i don't know if you let's take it back to alfred nobel inventor of dynamite you think that guy had a fucking fuse you think that that guy had a fuse come on let's get real here come on look the best action movie franchise is not called john fuse all right (laughs) can you imagine if it was though yeah it'd be unbelievable that'd be a good (laughs) name too it'd be a great name what's john fuse doing in the impact zone (laughs) yeah that's absolutely right on a scale of one to seven one being the worst, yeah. seven being the best, Brainiacs in the chat, and then to you, John Cullen, what would you give tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite? You didn't spend money on it, but you did spend time, and time is the one thing that you can't get back, like the Zoobs always likes to point out. John, you dived in for the first time. You like to watch television here and there, so sort of compare it with other TV shows that you watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect scale to compare it on. What I would what I would say here this is this is this is uh, so yes I saw someone in the chat said I was a fake fan I'm not a fake fan I've watched wrestling my whole life I have watched some of the AEW so this is not a like I'm not coming on here to be like hey what's the deal what's the right. deal with Chris Jericho man you know like I'm not trying to do <laughs> that thing but I would say so this, but I will say this is just a genuine uh like my this is my guess not having other things to compare it against this felt like, I think if I was an AEW fan, a six. Hey, that's and, a high score. And I would say because this is my, again, this is my guess. We can yeah. see if the chat agrees with me and we can see if you agree with me. Of course. You told me today this might be the best Dynamite card ever on paper. 
So I think it was close. close. Yeah. Yes. In the discussion at a minimum. Certainly. So if that's the case, to me, it didn't feel like it got quite to there, Mm -hmm. but it got very close and there were some very good matches. So that's why I settled in on a six. Yeah, I mean, John's playing it up right now, but I wouldn't invite some uh, rookie on here. I talk about wrestling with John all the time. Uh, we go to wrestling together. We watch pay-per-views together. This is uh, my right. wrestling friend. Now, he may have no-sold our chemistry out the gate, but I personally think it's always electric, baby, uh, between Joe Koo, too. Uh, let's jump into the chat. Let's see what people have to say about the show and how close they are to you and I, John. Lots of scores coming in. I'm going to machine gun through them. Here we go. Sure. Damn it, damn it, damn it, with a four and a half. Brick Mittens with a five and a half. Hey, my name is Will with a six. Eric Hartman with the full seven. McVander Huge with the six and a half. Kev Sell with the six and a half. Sever with the seven. JS604, five and a half. Seven from Trilly McGinnis. Five from Qui Gon Jin and Juice. Hits Merrill with a six. Rusty Sheds with a six. Our Area Thrasher with a seven. Dennis Dirty Work with a five. America is so bad with a six and a half. Hard Boiled Yegg with a six. Pacefall with a five and a half. Danny Middawesome with a 6.75. That's the coward seven. You're not allowed to do it. That's a seven. Uh, <laughs> full seven from Fruits Are Edible. And a five from seventh offensive john you're a good math head what's the relative average there that felt like sort of a five and a half six zone right yeah i would say i would say six we got a few people with the full monty's a lot of sixes nothing lower than a five except for one person i think had like a 4.5 or whatever yeah Uh, so yeah i would say it seemed about a five and a half to six yeah thank you to heart note for the sub we are rocking and rolling tonight this is gonna be great zoobs what message is this sending to poor zoobs you know he he leaves and the subs roll yeah I miss it. I bet that's what it is. I because yeah, Maddie said that he didn't have a full nameplate for me ready, so he said I could either have blank or just Zoobs. And I thought, why not present an alternate timeline where Zoobs still has hair? <laughs> I mean, it's a very good timeline. There were right quite a because few I mean, we do there. kind of look. We like. I mean, you know, like we. D- Wow. I could I could pass a zoo. Holy hell, that's actually so, right? we should have got you a bald cap. We could have maybe just done this. <laughs> Be like, well, my wife's about to have a baby. Uh, you know. I but speaking start. of zoobs, we'll get to something later on in the show that he literally called on last week's show, like to the letter. So uh we will give him his flowers Absolutely. tonight. Uh for me, this is the, the rare night where I'm higher than the chat. Uh I'm I'm a solid six and a half on this one. I thought that there were two or three wrestling matches tonight that would have been the best match on any other episode of Dynamite, and they are all competing with each other. Uh, Dynamite has flaws, generally, and I think consistent flaws in terms of agent agenting and match order. I thought tonight was actually just a really well-laid-out show. They kept the matches that were the most formatically similar opposite each other. Big, hot tag right before. So lots to get into, but uh, I greatly enjoyed tonight's show. Hits Merrill with a highlighted message, which, of course, you can do with Channel Point, saying, Love, John. Love the Zoobs. Love J Zero. Thank you. Sorry, Matt. Great to great to be here. Love it. Uh, I love that feel. Now, I did want to say, Josh. So you you and you and Zoobs normally go by the sword and the shield. That's right. Yeah. Um, which one of you is the sword? So this has been uh we we've discussed this. Uh, okay. Neither of us. So okay, neither. Combined, so just like we are a, the sword and shield. Okay. So then, what am Who would I? You guess? I? Well. Oh, I would guess that you're the sword and Zoobs is the shield. I think most people would agree with me on that. Wow. I'd rather be the shield. Really? Why? Portuguese crest. Oh, good call. That's fair. Yeah. 
not a lot of swords on the Portuguese uh, crest, mostly just shields because they were constantly defending their. Oh, okay, John. What, what, was, what was the point you were going to make here? What? No, that's not an insult. They still managed to be an independent nation. So, yeah, um, respect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they. You were you showing know, respect there. Is what you were I was. Saying. I was showing respect to the great people of Portugal. Thank I was you. saying, what is my nickname? I saw someone, um, Corncob Dipshit, tweeted at me today that maybe I'm the spear. I kind of like that. Ooh, I like the spear. Kind yeah. of like a sniper kind of vibe. And yeah. I like that. The spear, John Cullen. I'm into that. Okay. Sword, shield, spear. And of course, the fourth leg of this is the mod in the chat, Maddie Mack. Uh, this is a good reminder as any. He is the axe of the network. And if you say anything, make any sort of thinly veiled joke that is vaguely transphobic, racist, homophobic, you're out on your ass. Maddie you're Mack out. will ban you. This isn't a two strike thing, a three strike thing. This is a zero strike thing. You will never get to visit this channel again. You'll never get to be in the chat. Don't do it. No sense of humor for that here. And with that, the horrible music of Dynamite's theme plays us in to a CM Punk entrance. Amazing. John, you were uh, you came over and watched the All Out with me where CM Punk's first match against Darby Allin happened. And enormous reaction, I think you remember. Was any part of you surprised at how over he still was tonight? Yes uh i so is this i wanted to ask a question about that first of all is this a regular um audio mix for the show because it felt to me like the crowd was mic'd very hotly to the point where you could barely hear the commentary is that usual for dynamite i would say in general dynamite has horrible audio and they don't find the right mix. So to say that there's even a standard would be hard to say. I would say this is a problem that happens often where there are times where commentary, you straight up cannot hear them. Like they sound like they are whispering under something, even next to like ring noises. It's something they absolutely need to figure out. Your okay, yeah, it seems like the chat is agreeing with me. So yeah, so sometimes it was hard to tell, like is the crowd like so into this, which obviously they were like, mm. no, no question. This was a hot crowd, no questions asked. But it was also, there was a part of it where I was like, is it just also that they seem to be mic'd very, very uh, <laughs> intense? Hot or, or whatever you'd say there. Yeah, it yeah. is so hard to tell, right? And especially when you have uh, the other company over there in New York piping in cheers and you, it's even yeah. that's hard to make out. So I'd rather it be organic and over mic'd, but I agree with you. That measurement of how over and who's over and who's getting more and less over is an important metric in wrestling, and it sounds sort of corny, but you need the correct audio to sort of be able to ascertain where people are at in that. Yeah, but I, I was. I mean, I thought the 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 crowd was hype for Punk, but they were hype for Penta too. It, it yep. felt like a sort of face versus face uh, thing right off the top, which was Absolutely. which was cool. And I, I will say one thing I enjoyed as well, and this is not to, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to New York all over the show, but I got into wrestling in the attitude era as many of us did. And that the, the opening CM Punk sort of thing really brought me back to the sort of halcyon days of raw, because it was like, I remember the odd time raw would start off with like a stone cold match or a rock match. And it would be, it felt huge. You were yeah, like, like Whoa, this is like, television. Yeah. Like this is how we're starting the show. Like it's not a promo. It's not a stone cold promo. It's a stone cold match. That's how we're starting the show, you know? And it kind of felt like that with punk. It was like, I, I was sort of amazed, um, you know, not having necessarily followed dynamite, uh, you know, I was just sort of amazed that I'm just like, yeah, this is how we're starting the show. He's just coming out. We're having a match. 
And I also love that AEW doesn't waste time. It's like once they get in the ring, boom, theme's over. Next guy's come in. It was like within three minutes, the two of them are wrestling. Uh, you know, I, I loved that start to the show for sure. Totally agree with everything you said. The timing of tonight's show, it felt like in a good way. I mean, tonight's show was rolling downhill, like boom, 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 real momentum. Uh, and I like the no waste of time because I don't want a three hour show ever. I just three hours no. is too long to watch wrestling. But Dynamite does have such a loaded roster that in some ways two hours can be limiting. And so just getting to it seems like a nice way around that. I did want to ask you, though, John, because uh, Pentagon has turned into this Penta Escuro, Pentagon Dark character. And I think people largely like his presentation where he's in the all black gear. He shed some weight. He's a little bit more jacked. But his manager, Alex Abrahantis, in the uh, Party City monk gear, did you notice him standing behind? And what did you think of this guy? I, I can't help but think, let's just put this guy in a black suit. Like, I think that would look, he, he feels very weird to me next to Pentagon. I felt like too many peripheral characters in general. I find I thought mm. a lot of the AEW wrestlers had some sort of henchman or operative. And I was like, yep. this guy's adding nothing to anything we're doing here. You know, I didn't care. So it even yeah. used to be worse for that. Uh, this is like the trimmed down version of that. But yes, gotcha. absolutely. So yeah, I, I was, I agree with you. Yeah. Put him in a, make him the dark monk or something, you know, give him a, even a, give him the same outfit, but it's black, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like really lean into that sort of, you know, like Paul Bearer, lean into that kind yeah, of like, go. Ooh, I'm a dark, I'm a, I'm a crazy dark guy, you know, like whatever. I think it, that would be cool. Totally. And especially since like Pentagon feels like a money act to me, it's easy to be across from CM Punk and things to feel big. But some guys have been swallowed by that moment more than others. And I thought this partially, again, like you pointed out from the crowd, but I thought this would have been a fitting main event in most venues, you know, house show, pay-per-view. This, this was only a 12, 13 minute match, but I thought this was a incredibly hot opener between Punk and Pentagon. It, it was also sort of weird and opposite so many wrestling matches where it takes a while to get going and builds to this crescendo. This match is the rare match. I actually prefer the front half of it. When they just start and it's like a striking match between CM Punk and Pentagon, a full-on brawl, I thought that was really cool. Did you think this was a, as hot of an opener as I did, John? Loved it. I loved it. And I thought it was, a, it, it was a, the one note I wrote down was at the end, I, I wrote, that's a lovely TV match. Like just mm -hmm. a perfect, like not too long, just like 11 or I didn't time it, but 11 yeah. to 14 minutes. You get all your stuff in, you tell a story, um, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, I, I thought it was perfectly worked. And I love to, one of the things I noted um, and again, this might, you might be able to, you might correct me and say I'm wrong on this, which is totally fine. But it felt to me like punk was also giving him a little bit of respect, um, no, because totally it looked like he sort of was like, I got to dig deep to beat this guy. Like he did that top rope hurricane Rana. And that doesn't feel like a CM punk move. Like it felt like he was like, man, this guy's got all the tricks. I gotta, I gotta dig into my bag of tricks and see what I can do here to beat this guy. So I kind of thought that was a cool story too. It was like punk went over, but Pentagon looked like a million bucks, looked like a threat the whole time, um, which I love too. I, I'm not, to me, like when I say a lovely TV match, I think of a balance. I think of like mm -hmm. both guys are getting their offense in. It feels like either guy could win. It's not just like a I squash you for nine minutes. You get in your moves and you win or, or you get in your moves and then I win or, you know, it felt like it was 100%. very, very balanced. And I, I, yeah, I thought it was just a, a very well-worked match from that perspective. 
I totally agree, John. And to just sort of pick up and run with that in terms of being a good TV wrestler, it's something that CM Punk can bring to this company. Uh, AW is rife with high end indie talent. Uh, people who have the in ring unlimited time main event classic, just down pat guys like Darby Allen, MJF, but have not been in these, these roles like CM Punk where they were on raw for an eternity where they know, okay, offense, commercial break, you know, where you want the down point to be in the match, where you want to bring it alive. And these are things, it's not as true with Pentagon, who's done Lucha Underground and some AEW, but it's certainly true of many other people on the roster that this is a great teacher for, here's how you can have something impactful in this period of time, and that's including a commercial break. So, yeah, really good point by you, and something that I think specifically CM Punk can bring to the, the talent on this roster. Um Lest I just be the guy who praises CM Punk all the time on this channel. I apologize. <laughs> I know some of you are tired. No, I of mean, it, I, well, but... I will say too, like I have what, like I watched Punk at All Out. I watched him at the last one, Revolution, was it called? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. The pay per view. Uh, well, I did meet him too. Uh, Maddie was saying in my ear, but yeah, that's besides the point. But it was just. No, hang like, on. Um... This is not a small thing. You're friends with CM Punk. He well, is like your he is Instagram my, post. He is my close personal friend, CM Punk. I call, well, I. You know, I call him Phil, obviously, but um, <laughs> but out of respect to the channel, I'll call him, you know, CM thank Punk you. or whatever. Yeah, thank you for keeping you know, it kayfabe. Whatever yes, these you. people call, you know. But, <laughs> these people. Um, these, no, but I, I would say, like, I, um, it, he's noticeably get it gotten better already, like, from coming back yeah. from, like, his all that, like, he was, he was working harder and faster, um, was, you could tell he's in more of a groove now than he was when he first came back as well. So I, that was notable to me also. Absolutely. He's definitely sort of found his groove and becoming the punk he once was. I think it a geese for the subscription, a three month sub that's 90 days coming in on a hundred days of being subscribed to wrestling brain. Now that's fun. Uh, you could have farm. a fiance in that amount of time geese <laughs> now that okay now he's bringing the hits now this is a guy who opens for nikki glazer that's what he was doing this weekend i was watching ufc 273 he was opening for nikki glazer those are the that that's the difference <laughs> yeah that there it was right there you saw the <laughs> that's what that's what they need uh hundred farm saying i'm gonna pretend the show ended on time and forget the debut beat down after yeah i think a lot of people with that energy um jay's retro saying this match was very cool and several ones saying he is the best in the world for a reason yeah completely agree uh punk and penta putting on it, of all the in-ring episodes of dynamite i'm gonna guess this one is gonna have one of the highest averages on my ratings which of course you can get access to at patreon.com slash j0shc five dollars get you into my discord where the greatest wrestling conversation online is happening that's right i'm in there I'm, Wait, that's I'm, true john is I'm in there chatting. i'm always chatting about wrestling and the wrestling john's giving out free comedy advice in there he's saying here's here's how you do it kids so if you're an up-and-coming comedian you just come in there and ask john all the questions no, i don't do that i i specifically discourage people from starting to <laughs> that that is also true <laughs> um no you're, you you talk about video games in there i feel like yeah a, a video game i i'm yeah i'm active in the video game and the general chatting channel i would say are my two uh my two go-to's in there mostly because all of your your beautiful um discord fans um are all just so well versed in wrestling you know i'd just That's be I, I would just be outing myself as such a rube in there so yeah i agree yeah. with you if you want high level wrestling discussion that's where you gotta that's where you gotta go and of course we're gonna keep it going right here as the jericho appreciation society is getting off love of it. a plane love it uh, uh chris jericho's transformation into 50 pounds down shredded is outright inspiring makes me want to 
well, let's face it, get on steroids, but also, you know, sort of go for a run or something. Uh, the JAS looks more and more incredible every week. What did you think of these guys getting off the plane? Well, I will say I, there was one funny moment to me where if you, if you were to like, if I was Chris Jericho's rival in this sense, you know, so he gets off this private jet and he's like, this is the Jericho appreciation society. This is how we travel all the time. And then Jake Hager gets off the plane with no shirt on. Yeah, and I was like, "So is that? That's how you travel all the time with yeah. the tarps off and just in the private plane?" There's uh, some dudes that it's cool to hang out tarps off with, but it ain't Jake Hager, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, you want to be on a plane like... shirtless with Jake Hager? No, <laughs> that that part made me laugh a bit. But yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, I I love Chris Jericho. He's such a good, uh, you know, he's so good at what he does, and and this feels like the right type of. Um, gimmick for him i guess the tone is right on right it, it, it's so bizarre and it's maybe why i'm endlessly fascinated with wrestling because it's just you can't get these things going on in any other place on earth jericho is a baby face three months ago and everyone is just like this guy has lost the touch like this guy he's not getting it done and then eddie kingston beats the shit out of him the inner circle breaks up he turns heel and he creates a faction that is like, oh, you guys don't like me now? I'm going to make a faction that is literally four guys who think I'm the best. We are sports entertainers, not pro wrestlers. And unanimously, people are just like, ah, he's back. It is it is a marvel to see somebody manage that. And his star power is so bizarrely intact all these years later. Yeah, well, I always th it's always funny too, and, and we'll, we'll get to their match eventually, but I always... It doesn't matter how much he's hated. People will just sing his theme song and he sounds, he, he feels like the biggest star on earth. They stop the theme song right at the time and everybody finishes the line and he's peacocking around the ring. And you're it does like, rule. this guy is the biggest face on earth. And then the second he gets offense in the match, people are like, kill yourself. Boo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, that is pretty awesome. I wish you would have gotten to see more of uh, 2.0 and in particular Daddy Magic, Mike Menard on uh, tonight's show, John, as they were just who Eddie Kingston broke their thumbs and kidnapped, but more on that in a second. Okay. As uh, my favorite line on Dynamite spoken aloud this year is as people were doing the, so they've just turned heel, the Jericho Appreciation Society is out there and the crowd is singing along to Judas and Matt Menard just looks into the, the camera and goes, you guys love that song, don't you? <laughs> i can't stop thinking about it like weeks later they love it like, you love that song <laughs> he rules and i think you would have really liked him but he was busy being kidnapped by the it's too real it's on site eddie kingston flanked by santana and ortiz they have broken the thumbs of jeff and matt in 2.0 i liked everything about this angle i thought the jas looked like rich assholes and eddie kingston looked like a uh a genuine tough and it made reason for it to be a three-on-three -three match instead of uh eddie and proud and powerful having to find two more people to make up for 2.0 on that end i thought that was a clever way to just keep it three on three did you like this uh, segment any initial impressions of uh i liked it i liked the fact that it felt like eddie kingston was doing a drive-by but with no guns like, that was like <laughs> yeah. a, you know that was such a sick way of doing it too like they get off the plane and he's just like hey hey you know like i got your boys up, yeah driving up on the tarmac in his car and then you know the guy wearing the kangle hat running after the car uh great yeah the whole thing was great it's just a, that's just a great pro wrestling segment as we say
And that is exactly what it is and what they're going for is they, of course, are not pro wrestlers. They are sports entertainers. This is the crux of this. That man in the Kangol had his name, Daniel Garcia, who was like the most serious shooter, young understudy. And now under Jericho's wing, he has become the greatest sports entertainer, which people just hate. They do. They want Daniel Garcia to be serious shooter. Jericho's like, I'll make you a star, kid. Stick with me. We're entertaining. Uh, it's just a really great angle, really well thought out, and they make for great opponents, uh, as we'll find out later on in the show. Love that. Up next, the AEW tag team titles are on the line. It's Red Dragon, of course, Vancouver's champion, Kyle O'Reilly. John and I have seen uh, live plenty of times, teamed with mm-hmm. Bobby Fish, taking on the defending champions, Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. Um. I'll, I enjoyed this so much more than I was expecting to. Uh, I like Jurassic Express matches. I'm just not the biggest fan of their run. Like, I felt like they felt sort of small and unimportant to the tag title scene in a way that the champion shouldn't. But I honestly thought this was a fucking corker filled with tons of great Red Dragon double team offense. And then on the other side of the coin, instead of Jurassic Express double team offense, it's just two on one handicap offense from Jurassic Express or uh, from Luchasaurus really enjoyed this one i thought it continued the the momentum from the first one uh john who did you like more of these two teams in this match and what did you think of it well kyle o'reilly because i have seen him live in in vancouver is as well as phil my close personal friend um so i'm always cheering for him even though i know i'm not supposed to i i will say i think red dragon is um really just a very bad name uh, for anything. So I, it's just very difficult. No, like for some reason, wrestling is very, um, for me, that's a big factor in it. Like I, I, it's I agree. the same with bands. If you have a bad band name, I'll, I'll avoid listening to your band. Who's an example. Um, Can you think of a bad band? Oh name? yeah. Ba- uh, pure bathing culture. Oh yeah. Per- perfume genius you must have hated uh, like 2010 to 13 oh god oh absolutely everything <laughs> every band a, is named both of those it feels like everything was a club you know um you just oh yeah the, the, they're definitely the I, yeah anyway red dragon unfortunate because obviously yeah fish and o'reilly wonderful just hate the name hate that they capitalize the d for some reason um just yeah it's all bad but uh, the match was good the match was good but and oh sorry i should say uh, uh, i love the jurassic express coming out to tarzan boy um you know just it's it's so great you know it's you gotta love that you know it, it it's like sometimes spending the money for the licensing rights of a song is just the right thing to do you know and for some so, it absolutely is uh, yeah. matt are you able to put a poll up do you know how to do that no Okay, no problem. And I am just going to ask the Brainiacs in the chat, put your answer in here because I am genuinely interested. John and I were texting about this during the show. These are two of my favorite themes in AEW, Jurassic Express and Red Dragon. Of course, Dance Away and Tarzan Boy. I want to know in the chat, which of these two do you prefer? You can put Jurassic Express or Red Dragon in the chat. I think these are two of like legitimately the best AEW things. Dance Away. I I love it wrestling. Uh, New York used to do this with Rage Against the Machine a bunch. Where it's like, oh, you won't write a theme for us? Let's just brazenly rip you off. Like, Dance yeah. Away is a misfit song. <laughs> like, Jerry only has nothing to do with it. But it is yeah. as brazen a ripoff as you could ever write. Yeah, it's the, well, the chat is like, the chat is definitely in favor of Tarzan Boy, but there's quite a few votes for Dance Away as well. So this is Re Dragon. Yeah, Re Dragon. That's what uh, Kyle O'Reilly responded to my email with. We were talking about Lord of the Rings. Anyway. <laughs> guys look um this so anyway yes this match was very good the only 
complaint I have about this, and I find this with indie wrestling in general, um, is that it it devolved from being a tag match too quickly for me. Yeah. Like I like uh, I, I'm when I grew up, like when I was first watching wrestling, that I the tag team titles were my favorite. Like the New Age Outlaws were my favorite wrestlers, and I was genuinely like the tag division was meant a That's lot. That's where to it's me. at you know, and I loved it. And so maybe it's just that I'm, you know, showing myself as a 36 year old man, I'm showing my ass here, but I just feel like to me, I love a traditional tag. And obviously I have no problem if it goes all, no, you know, no. Hey, if it, it turns into a slobber knocker at the end or whatever. But to me, this felt like it devolved into just like a four way match, but with two guys on each team, like five minutes into the match, like the ref just stopped even caring who, and then, but then the so the problem I have is they do that, but then they still work in like legal yeah, man some spots or whatever, yeah. and it's, it's like the inconsistency it's like, you know, of the ref, yeah. right? And you're not sounding like an old man at all. This is a complaint that I have on stream constantly. The young bucks are really bad for it. Jurassic Express can be bad for it. I can tell you right now, you would love FTR. Um, they are like the they make it like their character that they are the anchored tag team who adheres to the rules they hold the tag rope one at a time three seconds for the double teams it's uh it's really good stuff because like you i just think it's it's in service of tag matches in a way that i don't think maybe these teams think it is to be within those rules like yeah. I, I, it's more interesting to me uh a one multiple 1v1 dynamics and totally well we're gonna see that later we're gonna like the the, exactly. the keith lee powerhouse Hobbs stuff is like a perfect example of why tag matches work as tag matches and why like bobby eaton had an entire career of just getting the shit kicked out of him like it's you know th so yeah so I, I i loved it i thought there were some yeah some amazing double team spots um, the one where uh, Bobby Fish did like the Falcon Arrow over Kyle O'Reilly choking out Luchasaurus was un it was insane. I thought that was the finish. Yeah, of course, right? Because it looked insane. And that should be someone's double team finisher. That instead of like a shared piece of offense on one guy, you're neutralizing one guy. With it's like I've got yeah. this guy taken care of. Like you just need to do your biggest move there. Yeah. He's not coming back. I think that's a really I'm sure another tag team has done it. Nobody's coming to mind for me. Uh, I really, really like that. And like you thought it was one of the cooler spots in yeah. this match. Yeah, it looks like people, maybe 70% Tarzan boy, 30% dead dragon. Now that's funny. Uh, hey, my name is Will saying John should really go back and watch FTR from Young Bucks from last week. Yeah, I love that match too. Um, but if I was going to sit John down and convince him to watch a tag match from last week, it would be FTR versus the Briscoe brothers. Uh, but uh John, will you watch that 35-minute tag match? We'll see. That's not no. That is not it's no. Not, it's not no, folks. One of my favorite matches of the year, that tag match. I watched it the morning while we were at your bachelor party, John. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember you talking about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was cool. Like, I thought the um, they did the... There was like a, a sort of a fist fight sequence with all four of them in the ring at the end that yeah. was like... If you go back and watch that, like it doesn't look like it, but it's one of those, like it's so well choreographed, like the timing of the punches and they're going back and forth. And I mean, just incredible. You know, I, I really, um, that part of it was really good. So even though I do think the Falcon arrow should have been the finish, that ending did end up working for me. I liked it. Love that. Let's move on backstage where Tony Schiavone is there with the Blackpool Combat Club who have officially added Will or Yuta to their ranks uh mox brian danielson and wheeler yuda that is a faction that works for me 
Um, Regal points it out. Wheeler is joined. He bled with Mox. He spit in Brian's face, and he earned my respect. Uh, William Regal is kind of more unhinged than he's been before. Like I think of Regal as the the tempered room in the voice. Not that he doesn't rise and oh for this for NXT, but he's like he's really hyperactive and like giving his all here. What would, do you think of the Blackpool Combat Club here, John? These guys, they're they are the the serious. They are the opposite of the Jericho Appreciation Society, and they yeah. are in a long-term, headlong collision course, I feel. These are the pro wrestlers versus the sports entertainers. I, I I like the idea of it. I wish they weren't called club. I wish they had, like, a better – like, I wish that even Blackpool Combat Gang yeah. or something like, you know, where – like club every, feels too close. Correct. So yeah. I didn't. I don't love the name of it. Uh, just the club part. Blackpool, great. Combat, yeah. great. But just, yeah. So that part uh, was annoying to me. But other than that, yeah, I mean, it was good. I, I guess they're really going for this whole, you got to bleed with me before you're in the thing, you know, which I guess is good. I just, look, I, you know, I, I, I told you I wasn't going to make everyone that watches this stream mad. And I know I've made you mad with this opinion before, but I just, Mox is a geek to me. I just can't get over it. I'm so sorry, but I can't. He just is. He just is. I don't know what it is. I know he's a good wrestler. I enjoy his matches, but he just, his whole vibe comes across as so geeky to me. I just can't get into it at all. Of course, he's been John Cullen. You can find him every Monday <laughs> on Block Party. John, thanks so much for joining us tonight. And no, of course, uh, listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? Uh, yours is so wrong that it makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, and I hope, I hope Big Fucking Watch watches, watches this, finds you and kills you. But uh, no, listen, it, stuff does have to play. And I think Fresh Eyes is an in, is a important opinion to come to wrestling with. Like this is, you are somebody who dynamite, should be aiming for as a viewer, the lapsed wrestling fan who could maybe wrangle in, you know, get back into the fold. I wonder if more exposure to Mox might be the solution. Like, I don't think I, tonight, but although that said, I did really like his promo tonight, but maybe if you don't know Gun Club, it's not as good, whereas he's just completely demeaning to them. I don't know Gun Club. I don't like Gun Club. I'm going to kick their asses. Uh, sure. I thought the promo in general was very good. Like, I, I, I love... Um, I love a short promo, you know, just like a sh bing bang. This is what we're doing. Yuda's in. We're all we we all have a clear message. This is our name. I liked it all. And look, the chat is mad at me, and that's okay. You know, we'll we'll win each other back by yeah, the absolutely. end of the show. And there's some people agreed with me, which I respect. I just think that I think it's wrestling is amazing. I just for me, he doesn't come across as like a real tough guy to me. It seems like a guy yeah. doing a doing a tough guy. Who would you and pick I don't, in a and, real fight between Brian Danielson and Mox? I might pick Danielson. Uh, as far as which, sorry, in a match? If, no, if they had a real fight. They UFC oh. 274, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Uh, oh, in a shoot fight? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think Danielson beats him. Yeah, I think so too, maybe. Yeah. Regal beats them both, though, let's be honest. But mostly, the opinion I was interested in from you, John, regardless sure. what you think of Mox, he is positioned high up as a big star on the AEW oh. card. Great as is Brian Danielson. Yeah. Does Wheeler Yuta, a new addition to this uh, faction, somebody who is obviously, let's attach this newcomer to some two more proven commodities, does he stand out as too far lesser than than you? Or were you watching this and like, oh, what's this guy about? Let's see what he can do. Yeah, I like that. I, I like cool. that. I think because I, I think if you look at the 
you know, the factions over time that have been successful, there's always been levels to them, right? It's, it is that sort of, here are your two big, you know, NWO, DX, Nation, all of these were examples of that. They had the kind of one or two guys that were clearly the biggest at the top. And then yeah. they used it as a way of like bringing other guys up. And so, yeah, I had no, I had no problem with it at all. The clips from the match, he had a nice, uh, he, he had a nice face going on there. He was uh, bleeding all over the place. Um, so I could totally see, you know, people buying into that of like, oh yeah, he absolutely like bled like crazy with these guys. Yeah. And he's got promise. Like, I'll ask you, because I don't know. Like, do you like it? Like, do you think that he, as a wrestler, fits in with them? Because I think that would be my concern is AEW so wrestling focused, especially you got Mox and Danielson, two of their best technical wrestlers. Mm -hmm. I think it would lose something if the third guy couldn't keep up with them in the ring. So I initially thought the pairing, or at least when it became clear that they were going to recruit him, was a little weird. But the road to here is actually done, I suppose, what it's meant to do and completely won me over. Um, I just really like his wrestling. He feels like a high-tempo version of the style that Brian and Mox would appreciate. So it's it's kind of old school and new school in a way, where it is grounded and it is selling, uh, but he is also small and speedy. Listen, would I, would I hate if he got a little bigger, a little meatier looking and maybe got some plainer gear to fit in. I, I think those things would uh, lend to it, but all things come with time. They've given him the pure championship and he's in with a big faction. So uh, I'm in so far and uh, I'm very excited. So with that, John, we have to end this call and get into, uh, we'll take a little break. here. going to go off air for about 30 seconds to a minute here. So I'll go off air with a question to the chat. Who do you think would win in a real fight between Brian Danielson and John Moxley? And we are back with Maxwell Jaxwell Friedman coming out to the ring with his goofball Sean Spears behind him. Um, listen, I, I just don't think you can say enough good about MJF. Even in these, this I'm not gonna say this is a throwaway segment, but he is he's 25, man. Like, how good is this guy gonna be? He's out, he's hated. He's got this jacket on that has the Burberry print just on sleeves. It's one of the most hideous pieces of clothing I've ever seen. Uh, he's been so effective at getting Wardlow over that the moment he appears on screen, Wardlow chance breakout as they beckon for their hero to come get his hands on MJF, but it's not to be so as he kicks into a match with captain Sean Dean, who of course holds a win over him off of, uh, Wardlow or CM Punk involvement from the past. Uh, for those of you who did not see CM Punk just hit Sean Dean with a go to sleep during MGF for Sean Dean, getting a disqualification win for Captain Sean Dean as he lay there motionless. Uh, reminiscent of Algermaine Sterling and Peter Yawn, John, uh, the one, the first fight, uh, waking up, you're the champ, Aljo. Uh, that's great. Um, <laughs> give me some thoughts on MJF here before we get into oh. the, the match here, John. What do, what do you think of this guy? In the I love MJF so much, and it is like, I mean, MJ, MJF, so like. Okay, how, here's how I could put it, I guess. So AEW, obviously, I know a lot of my friends who were very disillusioned with, with WWE and, and everything, you know, telling me, oh, oh, AEW, it's back. It's back to real wrestling and whatever. And I just think, like, overall, I just don't have the bandwidth. I, I Like, every AEW thing I've watched, I've liked. I just mm -hmm. don't have the bandwidth for for another thing every week so like when it's on it's that, yeah yeah so it's all good and i love that but mj and, and so like you know i think and i think people would say like dude you gotta tune in they've got punk they've got mox they've got danielson they've got 
Hangman Page. They've got Adam Cole. You know, like how far down the list would someone selling AEW say MJF? And yeah. to me, every time I watch AEW, MJF is the guy where I'm like, this one guy might be able to get me to watch it every week again. He is what a so compliment. He's so funny. He's so good. It, it's perfect. I mean, this this sort of like cocky wrestler role has been done so many times, but he is paying perfect homage to it. He's doing it so perfectly. And the the whole sketch with the scarf getting caught in his zipper <laughs> was unbelievable. I mean, it was legitimately funny. I texted you. I was like, I'm laughing out loud right now. Like it was so, and I saw Tom Hummel said the same thing in the chat. Like, legitimately made me laugh out loud it was so funny and then to do the whole thing at the end where he's like uh oh, it wasn't stuck the whole time but, you know like <laughs> just mwah. yeah i i and think that's MJF just like a nothing like this is not some big like you would think that'd be a gag that he might one time play but he always has like a little touch or or something and for the record john i think what you're saying is absolutely correct but if you asked me the reasons to watch aw he'd probably be third or fourth to me okay like he would be punk eddie and probably then mjf yeah i think that that would okay be, unless well that's I'm, that's good mox I mean, it, too would be right up there i suppose but but uh but he's he'd be up there for me because he is not only is he so good and you're so right that he's you would think it'd be impossible to do what he's doing in a way that's at all entertaining after 30 years of the miz and 70 years of the miz before that like it is just a tropey wrestler at this point where you can describe mjf by just saying like oh he's an asshole pro wrestler like he is the arrogant cocky guy but he does it at such a high level that it makes other people in the lane feel redundant at it. And, and then the in-ring matches and then the little touches. And then you add in that he's just getting started. Great heels make great baby faces. We've learned this in wrestling a million times over. Everyone knows MJF is good. Like the eventual baby face moment for MJF and run is going to be like a moment for AEW and a moment where he can ascend. So, no, I, I think you're bang yeah. on correct. Well, because he won't have to change his character either, right? It'll be like Stone Cold. Like, they thought yeah. Stone Cold was going to be a heel, and he just willed himself into being a face. And, like, that's what'll happen with MJF. Like, eventually, because the honestly, probably the only reason he's still a heel is because AEW fans are such, like, smarks. And they're just yep. like, yeah, he. this is what he wants from me, so I'll give it to him. But eventually, that's going to run out, you know? And I think what separates him from from others is that, like, he is a good actor and he does it pro like yeah to me that's the difference between him and the miz it's like you know he is it you believe that he believes it miz totally. always felt like he was playing this asshole character you believe that if you like walked into a deli and saw mjf getting a sandwich he would be talking to the clerk behind the counter Treated the way like he shit. Talks on, yeah like the way he <laughs> talks on tv and i think that's what that's what sells it, it going all the way back to gorgeous george like that was mm -hmm. the it's like people believed gorgeous george was like spraying perfume on himself out in public and do you know it's like you have to believe that they're like that and mjf sells that part of it so beautifully um yeah he he just rocks i, I every time he's on screen it's impossible to look away well and it's one of these things where this is less popular now but 10 years ago there was such a dialogue maybe even longer 15 years ago such a discourse around like oh we're exposing the business kayfabe isn't real anymore like this this stuff like it's as real as you make it like mjf like i do not think that mjf's fights are not scripted or predetermined i am in absolute certainty that that is the case. 
And yet there's a believability with this guy because he's, like you say, not only is it believable for him, but he is taking it so seriously. Like his adherence to being this character every single moment that he can pays dividends over time. And that's only going to increase. So uh, he's out here against Captain Sean Dean. Um, again, Captain Sean Dean, really just a cog in this program. They're trying to get him over in service of this, but I, I just don't think wins in this vein actually do anything for a character. Like if he eventually gets some sort of rubber match with MJF, who he's now 2-0 and against as, here Sean Dean wins on count out. And this is where the Zoobs said, you can check the VOD from last week. I said, Zoobs, what do you, does Sean Dean go 2-0 and here? Does MJF get his win back? And Zoob says, I think Wardlow comes in and MJF runs away and forgets about the count and he loses on count out. Like Zoob's called this to the millimeter. Uh, that's exactly what happened. Wardlow's so over, MJF's so over. There's upon look, there's what what are you thinking on Wardlow and Sean Dean, John? Sean Dean looks like a jobber. Uh pathetic just looks pathetic. They yeah. they like he didn't even get an entrance and then they and it captain Sean Dean gets <laughs> yeah. horrible. Hated it. How about he's uh, the captain now? Remember that one? Oh god, get me get him out of here. Don't care about Sean <laughs> Dean. Um, Wardlow has like, uh, and again, I haven't seen him wrestle. I know that people are high on his wrestling ability, but he does just have a little bit of that sort of Baron Corbin to him where you're sort sure. of like, where you're sort of like, okay, he's going to have this like molten hot feud. Cause MJF is so good. And then what does he do? You know, after it's over, is he just going to fall apart? I don't know. Cause I don't know his wrestling ability. Like maybe he is. I think people actually overstated a little bit. I think he's really green um, in situations where he has gone a little longer. He's not bad by any stretch, but there's other people on the roster who are part of me who are further ahead. And uh, I, I like Wardlow a lot and I like him in this function. And he's been absolutely serviced by the MJF and punk feud and getting over. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure when he's done chasing MJF around and he gets this eventual win exactly what we do with Wardlow. But I also don't know that that's uh, cause for concern yet. Cause this is a lot of fun while it's going on. It must be a blast as a pro wrestler, just being Wardlow right now. Every oh. week the crowd is like, we hate this guy and we want you to kick his ass. Come on, beat up the security guards. Get in here, Wardlow. That's got to be a blast to live through. I mean, for sure. And he's believable in that because he's so big. You know, you you believe that MJF would be scared of him. You believe he could fight off a security team. All that stuff. Like, it, he played the role perfectly. Like, seeing him, I wasn't like, oh, this guy's going to be a job job or whatever once all this is over. Like, he's got a chance. But I, yeah, it definitely still, it, it felt to me, it, it like MJF still just is shining a little too bright for him at the moment. Like Wardlow, I think is going to need a bigger, he's going to need something more than a what I saw. Kind. Yes. Exactly. Maybe a different manager, even a tag team. Like he's the big man in an actual tag team. I think there's plenty you can do with them, but I'm not racing. Like it's not Wardlow versus hangman page anytime soon. As far yeah. as I can tell, I'm going to jump into the chat here for a minute here. Uh, John, just as people are talking yes. about MJF. Corvax1266 saying, I really don't want to lose MJF to New York. I don't think you will. I, I think he enjoyed he, the amount of line stepping and crossing that MJF does is, is not maybe listen, if you want to take one cash out contract and you take four years in New York, you go to NXT for a little bit. Then you go on there and be like, you know what sucks about here? Y'all smell like I get it, man. Get the bag. But I, I think MJF loves the game too much. And I think he sees himself as the as the ascendant face of AEW, and i don't think he's wrong uh eric hartman saying he was gave a great interview 
standing up to anti-Semitism the other week. Yeah, John and I watched that, the Ariel Hawani interview. That's a great interview for anybody who wants to see it. Uh, Tom Hummel saying they're being smart with MJF. They're pairing him with people like Punk and Wardlow, who he's not going to be cheered over. Once they pair him with a Sammy, or if they had Cody, he would be getting a huge babyface pop. Tom Hummel, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, that's you, a good point. If you, he's, you have to have him in that zone because everyone knows he's good. And it's hard to stay heel when people think it's like, if they want to see you, you have to be giving them what they don't want. And MJF understands that completely. He withholds everything they want out of him, even though that they know he can give it to him. Like, like, like you so well pointed out, John, it would be slight augments to the character. Like Eddie Guerrero, like Eddie Guerrero did not stop cheating as a baby face. He just did it when the ref wasn't looking and went like Ooh, to the crowd and everyone's yeah. like, oh, you love this guy. Uh, it, yeah, it'll be like small tweaks and he'll just be like Tom Hummel points out wrestling heels uh and it yeah. will be it will be very natural yeah no doubt that they pair him with sammy that's gonna happen hits merrill saying in foley's book he says abdullah the butcher called ddp becoming a superstar because he lives the gimmick and that's mjf that's a bold call saying oh ddp that guy's a superstar that's yeah, a, no kidding. a good shout by abdullah the butcher a guy who canadian legend uh mm -hmm. knows knows a lot about owns a great barbecue place apparently and go to the butchers more like Crapton, says Scoots Brodo. Wow, no fans of Sean, Sean Dean in here. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe he's a good wrestler. I don't know, but they, the gimmick and the and the um, ring gear not doing him any favors. Well, and just like th these, how do you get over in this? Like, even he's the only well, guy to have two wins yeah. over MJF, but what, who the fuck cares? Like, no one actually thinks if he was going to fight MJF, he would win, right? So it's it's a push in like the the vaguest sense, and in fact. It's kind of a lame hook if down the road he's like still talking about those two MJF wins that everybody knows are, you know, fugazi. I mean, even in the first, like, what? look at the first move that MJF lands on him. He Irish whips him into the corner and then he sells it by, like, flipping. Like, like, they make it, like, right off the bat. It's like, oh, MJF is way better than this guy. He's only getting these wins because of the, you know, what's going on. A million percent. Uh, Pacefall saying, I'm going to steal his valor. And uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Pace, I hope you get on TV and wear uh, his exact gear. I couldn't tell. Was he was his jacket like Metal Gear Solid today? Because I should be able to get into that. But can a cooler wrestler do something Metal Gear Solid uh, adjacent? I'd be all in on that. Yeah, more like Liquid Snake. <laughs> Anfield Road. Thank you for pointing this out. I have it written down, but didn't bring it up. That powerbomb on the apron that Wardlow hits on that poor security guard. Oh my God. That is like a brutal move to take at the, like you see Kevin Owens hit it on guys as like feud enders and he does it not soft. There's no like soft way to do it, but he very like, Whoa, and then eases up and sort of sits down as, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure it still fucking kills. I'm sure if you go ask Sami Zayn, Oh, it's kind of nice that Steen cushions you on that. He'd be like, it still absolutely kills. Uh, Wardlow not giving this poor security guard any of that benefit though he just fucking chucks this guy in there old spine's gonna be feeling i would not take that move if somebody's like do you want to be on AEW?" i'd be like oh that'd be sick and they're like you're just gonna take this april powerbomb from wardlow i'd be like i'm good like i want to walk brutal yeah. spot thanks alex yeah not good uh damn it damn it damn it saying does john know he was literally a captain no and neither did i great i'm happy for him in what? Captain in what? Police? Army? It's I thought the... he just owned a rowboat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The SS Jobber. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Zoobs, next we are treated to a Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm face-to-face confrontation. Um, these are two ladies who I think people uh, are hoping can ascend up the card in the AEW's women's division and be a really meaningful part. Like these, they need f- fresh blood at the top. And I think these are two sort of blue chip prospects to enter that zone. Uh, the chat saying hello. Yeah, no, hello to both these ladies tonight. No doubt about that. John, what did you think of these two's sort of stilted promo? Yeah, I was going to say, if, they, uh, if, if they're planning on ascending the card, might need some promo work. I literally just wrote, Hater Storm promo bad. Yeah, not uh, the best stuff whole... out of these two. Because now, it again... wasn't, it just for me, sorry to interrupt. It, just the, no, the, please. For me, I don't, so like, you know, Hater was trying to go at this whole like, uh, you're not talking, you won't even talk to me, you know, or whatever. It's not a bad New like, Zealand. <laughs> but like Tony Storm was not selling it like she was angry or Anything. was like, it wasn't the like, Ooh, not talking that like macho gave us you know? like, <laughs> not like, talking. There, yeah like there was no like i wanted to feel like she was so angry that she couldn't talk you know like that's yeah what they, it seemed like that's what they were going for was like jamie haters making me so angry i i just like i literally can't even speak but instead it just kind of came off as like she just looked bad. Like it made yeah. her look bad, especially when Jamie's like, Oh, she's not talking again. You know, it's like, well, yeah, Jamie's that not is what most... she looks like. Jamie's not going to carry a segment like this either. Right. Like so yeah. we just brought up MJF or Eddie Kingston. Like you can put a cardboard cutout of someone in there and MJF and Eddie Kingston are going to be like, I hate cardboard. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. come here, Buster. <laughs> like make it. It's like, Oh, this is good. Uh, I really thought this was listless, but all the same after, a lighter promo segment, let's say, they do get announced that they are the first entrance and they're going to be against each other in the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament, which I am genuinely, it like does my heart good just to hear Owen Hart mentioned on television. Like, and his foundation and I, I don't know. This tournament carries some gravita with me. So much gravita, in fact, that we are going to get. Yeah what, do you, gravita. What do you think? yeah, what do you think of that? Gravita. I think it's great. I'm just going to chime in here. Gravita. It's it's very good. Gravi- I feel like the Zoobs would Gravita. be very impressed by you right now, too. Well, I'm, I'm living to impress the Zoobs, so that I'll take that, Maddie. It's working. It's working. Let us, if you don't mind, Maddie, play in the theme. Let's do it. Let's get into the first of three Keep It or Kick It's of the evening. Keep it or kick it. Keep it or kick it. Killed it with that theme, Maddie, as always. John, you like that one? Loved it, baby. That's my that's my impression of the theme I could not hear. <laughs> I loved it. Loki nailed it though. <laughs> Keep it or kick it. Okay, hell yeah. Now, John, normally yeah. I do a joke here. Yeah, people are not happy with the audio mix. What is this? The miking up of the crowd from AEW Dynamite tonight? Heart note shouting out all the (laughs) Fahumla gods, which I appreciate. 
Pace, yeah, the bit loud is a joke because they know it pisses me off. And as it, you can't do on stream, <laughs> you can never know that they get to you, right? Because once I went on a tirade because Matt had written this great merch match theme for us. And sure, okay, the volume might have been a bit loud, but I made a big deal. I'm like, here we go. We got a new theme. This, uh, we put a lot of effort, uh, merch match. Here we go. And and not one word about the, the theme. It's just, oh, too loud, too loud. So I, I had a bit of a tirade where I was like, uh, okay. what about the fucking song? And now, uh, of course, every song we play is too loud on the channel. Uh, one of my favorite band shirts of all time was a Weezer shirt. And it just had the plain Weezer logo on the front. And then on the back, it said, if it's too loud, turn it down. <laughs> I need to just wear that shirt yeah. and spin and around spin or around. keep it or kick yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. The mic is hot. It's a literal hot mic. Woo. We spitting tonight. Holy moly. <laughs> Now, John, I do a bit here generally where uh, I will I will pretend the Zoobs does not know the rules to keep it or kick it. I'll say, oh, you don't know the rules. But, John, I might be right in saying you may not know the rules to keep it or kick it. I assume that it, uh, you present a, a scenario and then keep it means that you would like to that you would like it to happen and kick it means you would not like it to happen. Wrong. Oh, keep okay. it or kick it is, of course, a segment where I, Josh Casario, pick a prompt from the wrestling world. And I say this, and you must respond with the, one of the emotes in the bar. If you were a subscriber, thank you, Maddie Mac, for putting them in there. You will see one that says keep it and one that says kick it. Of course, you're going to okay. tell me if though that is your response. Keep it means you like it, you love it, you want some more of it. And kick it means you hate it, you despise it, you never want to see it again. John, now do you understand the rules of keep it or kick it? Yes, I think I do understand the rules of keep it or kick it. Just let me find the emotes here so I can participate. Okay, oh, you're going to weigh in on this is great, John. Okay. Well, yeah, you said we had to do it. So, okay, I'm ready. This. So despite a bad promo segment, I think Hater and Storm are some two people that we are all looking forward to seeing if we can elevate the in-ring quality of the lower card of the AEW women's division. That said, somebody needs to win this damn tournament. So my prompt is such. Keep it or kick it. Either Jamie Hater or Tony Storm going on to win the entire Owen Hart tournament on the women's side. Keep it or kick it. Okay, I'm there. I'm in. What did you say, John? Keep. Now, who of the two, despite not being impressed, would you rather see run up that card, do you think? I don't know. I don't know anyone who would it. So I just saying, keep it, baby. Let's keep it, well, dude. John. Um, I, 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 um, I think I have seen both of these ladies wrestle. I believe. Yeah, I think you would have seen. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to well, say, I'll say Tony. Okay, me too. Yeah, I'm gonna say Tony. Um, just based on, um, just based on um, nothing really. But no, her look I think is good. I, you know, she's got the kind of the feel of like a dominant uh, women's champ. Yeah. You know? So she carries with her a star power that I think AEW is sort of in a dearth of on the women's side. Like they need. So, and I'm not saying Tony Storm is Ricky Starks or MJF for like these natural room fillers. But she's something more approaching that. And I think with TV time can grow into that role more than I think some of the people on that card. So I'd love to see Tony Storm this be the push, especially on in-ring. Uh, everybody but Tom Hummel with a keep. Oh, and JS604 coming in with a kick at the end. Anfield Road, Eric Hartman, Colin the Comic, the Matty Max, Sever One, Pace Fall. Hey, my name is Will, Rusty Sheds. Heart Note, Kev Sell, America is so bad. 
all keeping it. I will say too, Tom just popped up in the chat here and said, if not Ruby here, then when? And people are saying never. And I agree. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I mean, think both don't these women are just, better than Ruby. I mean, can we just, I mean, for the love of fuck, learn how to wrestle. I mean, Jesus, everyone loves you. They love you. You got the huge AEW bounce. You have great music. You have a great look. You have a great character. Learn how to fucking wrestle. Yeah. God I, damn, uh, man. I think I'm with John here. I think both these women are, are better than uh, Ruby Soho. If not here, then when? Yeah, I agree with Maddie Mack. I agree with John. Never. Eric Hartman really putting it best here, though. Yes, Ruby Steph- is a B plus pet player. Sorry, it's Steph for business. It Everyone just is. knows. There's this. no. Did we? Did you determine on merch matchness that that was like a, a stand-in for it's bad for business? Like it's Steph for business? Unfortunately, not. We do use it uh, in in the term that in it's that meant way. for. That okay. it is best for business. Oh, uh, best. Okay, so so that's what they were going for. It's Steph for business is best for business. Well, not not to relitigate all of merch match. Sorry, it's, and it's, I don't. But it's, it's don't largely no. It's a great question because it's largely fucking unclear. Sometimes Stephanie's catchphrase was "It's best for business," but really that was more her husband Triple H, and so it's one of these like. You kind of understand what they're going for, but it's not a perfect fit, which just adds to how terrible that shirt is. It's essentially that it's best for business, and she's Steph. <laughs> Maddie absolutely said it. perfect. Great. Wonderful. So it's just like a word that it sort of rhymes with? <laughs> it's, yeah, it. it's like... There's Got a it. phonetic so, connection in some yeah. way, but not yeah. quite a rhyme. It would be it would be similar to like uh to if like Matt had a shirt that was like a pun on like match. Like you yeah, don't really get the like Matt yeah. in the word match. Yeah, the it, match. It, it's it's, it's like, worse because it's probably like man. So like Matt of right. the hour would, would be <laughs> the Matt of the hour. <laughs> so bad. Pacefall shouting out Chris Statlander is somebody else uh in that spot. I would I would be fine with that. I uh, I like what Chris has been doing lately. So I would say those three are sort of the the three I'd be okay with. Or if Nyla Rose loses, but I suppose she probably isn't in the tournament. On to the next. It's one of these spooky Darby Allen uh, black and white video montages. Oh, yeah. He's skateboarding. John, were you able to identify this? Was this downtown Seattle? I couldn't quite tell. Look, looked like Seattle to me, yeah. Yeah, to me too. Um, although it also looked like Tacoma at one point to me. So I, I have no real idea. But somewhere in the Washington state is Darby Allen on his skateboard. He keeps it very simple. Andrade, I'm going to put a nail in this whole thing. Coffin match. Now, I think the the chat is going to be well aware. This Andrade, HFO, Darby Allen feud that has been going on, it's just been too long. I thought the last match should have been the last match, should have been the last match. I almost appreciate them making that known up front here. Let's just end this whole thing with the, the finalist of matches. But I want to ask you, John, about this video package. Is this a little too cornball for you? Or were you able to be like, oh no, the, the skateboarding video appreciator in you. Do, yeah. do you find this kind of cool? I'm in. I'm in on yeah. Darby. I'm out on Mox and I'm in on Darby. So people that's like probably, that. They love Darby. Well, I mean, but I could see how people would be like, well, if you think Mox is corny, how do you not think Darby is corny? But yeah, I sure. do think, uh, again, it is, um, you know, uh, it's sort of a close personal friend thing because you and I did see Darby Allen wrestle uh, at Ballroom Brawl and he was insane and Some so jump good. off a balcony onto Eddie Some Osborne. Jump off a friggin' balcony. Yeah, I mean, I like Darby as a wrestler, like the character. And again, I love just like, it was like a minute and a half. Like that's yeah. all you need, you know? I, I find, especially with like these pre-tape video packages, it's like, oh, it's gotta be sick 
minutes and they gotta be doing it's like it was perfect it's just him sort of like meandering down the streets on a skateboard he lights up the coffin or nails the coffin beautiful well and it's so great for darby allen who this is maybe a bit of a it's not a perfect comparison especially when you consider that darby allen is straight edge but it's sort of like a proto jeff hardy sort of thing right somebody who is a stunt car crash wrestler has a charisma where you want to watch them but isn't necessarily a great promo well i mean they're both very low-end promos on the mic this is the sort of thing darby allen can go out with one of his friends in the middle of the night in an iphone the black and white filter makes all the quality the same he can go skateboard around he has to say one line the character gets across and he doesn't have to you know you're turning up the positives and turning down the weaknesses with stuff like this like when him and mjf were having a promo to one each one another on tv like it's like darby allen looks like an idiot here like why are we making yeah. darby allen do this like darby allen is great and this is so out of his wheelhouse i think things like this are great i, I think him and andrade needs to end but a coffin match brings the appropriate amount of finality and i bet that that's going to be a, a very fun one yeah Ma malachi black is backstage his uh eye uh disease makeup taking up basically half of his face i thought that this was a funny way to follow up darby allen who does have half of his face painted as well uh you know together they would they would be sting a lot of a really good a lot of half face paints in the in aew thunder rosa with the half face paint captain sean dean with the half face paint i mean did the creative director are they like obsessed with phantom of the opera or what are we doing oh here? wow well you don't know this john but uh our uh i don't know what viral actually is on tiktok i don't run the wrestling brain tiktok nick does but uh our only viral tiktok or our most popular tiktok with like hundreds of comments on it uh is the zoobs complaining about how many people are wearing face paint and i can uh, tell you that the the comments i was i saw the comments to it and i was like i can never come here again Did they were just like well thunder rosa does it because it's honoring day of the dead and darby allen does it because he's half dead it's like yeah we, we weren't wondering we weren't wondering why we we're just pointing yeah, out it's too many are, it's too yeah. many yeah that, that's all we're saying here that's all we're saying uh maddie mac redeeming take a hit Oh, do I have my weed pen? Oh, we got to take a hit? You don't have to. But uh, if the, the channel points played, people want this show to get worse. <laughs> oh, on, this John. is the whole thing? You once, you, once you take a hit on the weed pen, then you, uh, then you get worse at this? I certainly find merch match funnier. Okay. Thank you for the channel points, Maddie Matt. Greatly appreciate it. Wow. It's too many. My favorite John Cullen quote that gets posted in the Discord all the time. It is too many. More, more I knew I knew it. that that would only be for certain people in the chat, and I thought I'd throw it out. It is. Uh, would you say it's your signature catchphrase? Only with that subset of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with thirty people in the corner of the internet, it is. Uh, it would be like top. it's like the Bart Simpson meme, but instead of the whole <laughs> class turning around at him, it's three people in the corner. Yeah, they're in the back corner. Yeah, <laughs> they barely attend. Say the line, John. <laughs> Malachi Black promoing on, I think, Fuego Del Sol here, saying that if you uh, rip open a man's throat and, and you bear his soul, you will only find light that he will turn into darkness. I fear a little bit of Malachi Black veering into that Bray Wyatt, like, I don't really know what this guy's talking about zone. But I actually think Malachi Black, because maybe it's because I follow him on social media and I'm like, oh, this guy is a weird Dutch kickboxer who like listens to death metal and goes to like dark arts festivals like and is a satanist like he when he's talking about these things 
I'm willing to give him a benefit of the doubt and sort of suspend my disbelief and see what he's getting at. How does this promo hit a guy like you uh, watching well, Dynamite? Well, so, yeah. So Eric just said in the chat, and I was literally just about to make this point. Malachi Black is one of the few wrestlers who is blessed with a look where he does not have to say anything. Mm. Malachi Black could literally never talk and could be the champion and mm -hmm. the most over person in the company. He has an insane look. He looks amazing. His wrestling is so good. Like when it I, matches his look, right? The wrestling 100%. and the hundred percent. I loved him in NXT because he never said anything. He just went out there and kicked people's asses. He had great entrance music. He looked amazing. He had a cool name. Uh, he just we. I don't need this from him. So I think it's always going to make promos from him feel worse because I just feel like. Pardon me. I just feel like. I don't need this from him, you know, just shut up and wrestle and you're good. So you think it'd be like, if he only has a minute on TV, give him a squash match where he can go hit the black mass on some guy, look good and do the entrance. I don't disagree with that. In hearing interviews with him, he is someone who wants to be like so hands-on creative and is, I think he thinks people are paying more attention than they are. He'll be like, did you notice I was wearing red six months ago? That's because I was going to wrestle someone wearing red six months later. It's like cool, man. Like, yeah, definitely didn't fucking notice that. Did not, did yeah. not put that together. But I appreciate your attention to detail. I'm just saying that I've grown fatigued with this style before, and I think Malachi Black probably have a longer wick uh, for it than I did with some others. Uh, I actually think he weirdly pulls it off, even though this isn't normally my style. And in terms of him just blowing through a guy, he's calling out the lowest down dude on the roster here, Fuego del Sol. I imagine he is just going to maul this dude, which uh, should be good to watch. Yeah, agreed. A reminder here that if you are listening on the podcast feed, please give us a five-star review. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. I may call you the Nasty Casties, but we need your help and we do see that number growing, so we appreciate you there. If you're here right now, we would appreciate a follow. We would appreciate a subscribe. We would appreciate you telling a friend. We're going to do the back half of Dynamite as well as play a very fun edition of Wednesday Night Tweet right after this segment. I think it's going to be some, uh, I dare say, it's going to be like you've never seen it before. So stay tuned for that. But before we get there, a six-man tag match. The Jericho Appreciation Society, of course, 2.0 maimed earlier in the evening. It's Jericho, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager, who for some reason I wrote down as Hangman. <laughs> Jericho, is, Garcia, and nice Hangman. Anyone's ever said about Jake Hager. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I <laughs> went to write down uh, Hager, but wrote Hanger. So uh, real good by me there. But I, did, I don't even know why I pointed it out. I, ha I nailed it. And then I was like, oh, but I wrote it down wrong. That's honesty in broadcasting. Uh, they're taking on Eddie Kingston and his New York pals, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, Eddie Kingston just wearing a white shirt that says Thump on it. Great. Um, incredible stuff from uh, the realest guy in the company. I thought this was um, not my favorite match of the night, obviously. I thought the work rate was high. I thought this one devolved. John, you had talked about like the looseness and the, the rule set disappearance in the tag match. I did feel it there, but I felt like it was maybe on greater display here as they just are continually trying to find reasons to take people out of the match. That's my least favorite style of this match. I, I do just think it's better when you adhere to it. And a six man, it's, it's, I don't know whether to blame the cameraman, the company, the production truck, or if this match style is just hard to capture everything. But I thought we sort of ran into that a little bit tonight. That said, once we got into the Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia sequences, I thought it was really fun. And uh, 
Jericho seems to have lost like a hundred pounds and gained a hundred points in speed and agility. Like where was this guy? Like this guy had a stinker with Okada. Like, and now he looks, looks fresh as a daisy. Yeah, He looked there. good. I, you, I mean, he's always, yeah, he's, a, uh, uh, he's a specimen. I mean, it's crazy what he's able to do at his age. Um, but yeah, I just, I agree. Like I, I noticed earlier on Twitter, you, one of your keep it or kick it's was about whether they should have trios title, like a trios yeah. title. And that's a big time kick for me. me I, I just don't think I just don't think the six man, uh, the six man match is is there. You know, I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. This didn't feel because I think it's um, I don't know what it is, but it's just there's something about it. Like we're gonna get into it obviously with Lee and Hobbs in a minute, but um, you know there was this like palpable tension of like, ooh, when are Lee and Hobbs gonna finally square off? And obviously that was the case in this match with Kingston and Jericho. Yeah. But there's something about a six man where the tension doesn't feel as palpable for some Especially reason. Especially if you're maybe... not building to it. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Like it was kind of yeah. I, I totally agree. I, I'm firmly against the trios tag belts. I just don't. I don't think that running concurrent alongside tag belts. Like I can go into more reasons why, but. If you have a tag division, a trios division just is innately less important, I feel like. In the same way yeah. that a tag division is less than a singles division, I, I feel like that's exponentially more with that third belt. And I just think you can have tag belts in three-man factions. We've seen it count constantly, constantly in wrestling. Uh, so I'm right there with you. If you want to satiate, because there are sort of natural trios pairings in AEW, just do a yearly trios tournament. Totally. For for the cup, who's the baddest trio for this year? Um I think that yeah. would work for me. I think that's great too. Yeah. Cause I think too, it's like you already see enough like tag teams that sort of get forced together for almost no reasons. Cause they need tag team contenders. Wait till you have trios titles where well, you're, just you're like, just going to be shoehorning in a third person all the time. I think that is what it will be, you know, tag teams you like with an ally that makes some sense. And then the odd three pairing, but they can't do anything outside of trios. I don't know. It just all doesn't really work for me. Sever saying, I really disagree with you guys on this. I'm a huge fan of the six mans and I'm really looking forward to those trios belts. Yeah, there you go. I, I, there was, I think more kept than kicked on the Twitter timeline today, which of course you can follow at wrestling underscore brain. So uh, yeah, I don't think you're alone, but uh, yeah, I'm with Eric here. Uh, I'm with you both, but TK is more or less said when Kenny comes back, those straps are coming. Yeah. Everybody says that, but they just bought ring of honor, which has six man belts that just never get defended because six man belts never do look at new Japan. Look at ring of honor. I wouldn't be surprised if he just folds in the ring of honor trios titles into AEW. Like I would be surprised if you have ROH and AEW trios titles running around. That's just my guess, but everybody's talking like it's done business um, until it's signed, sealed and delivered. It ain't yours. That's what I'm saying. More of MJF on this show, which is no complaint by me. He's cutting a promo directly at Wardlow. I'm the phenom, but I get it. No sympathy, sympathy for the devil, but I've got one thing that the devil also has, and that's money. And I know what will stop you, Wardlow, a butcher. He calls in one half of the butcher and the blade, hands his manager a big wad of cash, and next week we are getting the butcher versus Wardlow. I love this butcher look coming up and staring at the camera. Uh, I don't... I mean, he's a 0% chance of beating Wardlow, but in terms of TV hoss battle, this actually does a lot for me. Uh, good way to make an impression in a moment, too. You know, here's MJF. He's hiring the butcher. He looks big and scary. We're good. Um, any thoughts on this here, John? No, I think it's good. Um, I, I just, I worry. I know MJF did the whole, like, uh, trials of CM Punk or whatever, so I worry that he's maybe leaning on the, like, I pay other guys to fight for me thing, but at the same time, MJF can do whatever he wants right now. 
I'm with you. Now on to two people who cannot do whatever they want. Uh, Marina Shafir <laughs> out here uh, to take on Sky Great Blue. segue. Great segue. Uh, now I am about to dump all over this match, but I will say one thing. One of my favorite wrestlers and MMA fighters on the planet, notorious dumb guy, Josh Barnett, who I do really, really like. Uh, the Young Bucks and him do not get along. They hate Josh Barnett. And as such, he can never be in AEW. But because Marina Shafir is there, who trained real catch wrestling under Josh Barnett, his name was said aloud on AEW Dynamite tonight. This did my heart good. Uh, unfortunately, being introduced as Josh Barnett trained and then putting on a match like this only serves to insult Josh Barnett. Uh, I wish they would have said Josh Barnett trained her in catch wrestling. Holy hell, this is supposed to be John. I don't know if commentary made this clear to you, but just to frame it for you or anyone else in the chat who maybe is tuning in tonight for this big card, uh, Marina Shafir is going to be the 30th opponent for, or sorry, the 50th opponent for Jade. So she's 49 and 0, and this is going to be win 50. She's overlooking the competition. They built it up. Marina Shafir is going to be the, the opponent. I thought this was a really bad showing. I thought Marina Shafir has no charisma and like sky blue was no incredible worker, but I've always found her to be a very, uh, serviceable jobber and even look good in putting over some of the bigger talent. But I, you know, the bar has been here tonight for the in-ring wrestling. And I mean, this is so, so far short of what we had seen on this show so far. Like, I'm not just like trying to be rude and beat it up, but it's, it just, it was not to the, the level of anything else you saw on this show. Oh, sorry. I was right with 30, not 50. Sorry, everybody. It was 30, you know? Um, yeah. thought, thought this is like, how, how do you make a squash match go so poorly? Like, how do you lose heat in the squash? I just didn't think there was much here. Um, I understand why Jade, even though this is part of the angle, Jade does not care. She's like, oh yeah, this girl, not a threat, barely paying attention. And, uh, after that showing, that makes sense to me. Um, John, did you think this was any better than I did? Well, you know, once again, hate to see wrestling brains, classic slander against the country of Moldova. Uh, <laughs> that is our official what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is you guys have against that lovely country, but, um, yeah, no, this was not a good match. Uh, Marina seems like um, like they're kind of trying to get her over as this sort of like legit like MMA person. Shooter. And then I looked up her MMA record and it's very poor. Don't do so that. I was so I was like, okay, uh, well, maybe they shouldn't be selling her as that. Maybe they should just be selling her as like a regular tough person and not bringing up the sort of MMA judo background that she has um well, but especially yeah like her mma career like you point out is bad but even at the peak like she was just ronda rousey's chief training partner like that's it right. she was the dummy for ronda rousey right and so to me it's just like i don't know i i just sort of feel like um if you are marina um like i don't know i don't know why it can be difficult to look tough sometimes but she like kind of wasn't even nailing that really like Especially it was for someone who of... can fight like it shouldn't be hard to tap into like okay so you've been in a fight what do you re recreate that and go beat up this girl but if you yeah. don't know what you're doing she just has the thing where it's like you're so green that you have to think of everything in the ring and and when that happens you're exposed and and i don't know why they would pick her as an opponent for jade who is i love jade and think she's maybe the most obvious star in the company like including kenny omega cm punk like jade is somebody that if you saw in an airport you'd be like well that's definitely a famous person like that is someone yeah, yeah. um but she is not going to be the a side to carrying somebody to a match and i mean marina seems like, I, I think Marina and Jade could be really bad. Like, I thought that, like, for a title match, I think yeah. there's a chance. Like, I don't know how you think of her um, 
in this role. Like, I just don't know what they were thinking here. Well, it sucks too, because Marina's undefeated too, right? So it would make sense if Marina's bad at wrestling, give her more, like have two undefeated streaks going at the same time. Maybe in six months, Marina can catch lightning in a bottle, get better, million percent, you know, and then you have the two of them. Like now you're sort of risking like, you're, you're, I mean, it seems like Marina's going to lose. I don't know how you could possibly put her over Jade, at least based on this, like, one showing I've seen. Even if you were uh, planning to, you couldn't now. Yeah, that's what I mean, right? So it's like, it, you know, it, I don't know. It just seems a little unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I, I think the one thing that popped was just, yeah, showing Jade, like, on her phone, looking good, just not caring about what was happening. Like it, yeah, it's, it sucks when you're not doing your part in the match. So it ends up looking like an entire segment to put Jade over, which like is not, that's obviously not what they were going for. They were trying to put Marina over at the same time as putting Jade over, but because Marina sucked, it's sort of similar to like what happens in comedy when you watch like roast battle. It's like, you Mm. actually need both people to do well for a roast battle to be truly good. If one person sucks, it doesn't matter if the other person has like the best set of all time. It needs the sort of, it needs both of the things to be like truly The dance is the back and forth. Yeah, like exactly. You, you and I are big MMA fans. Our favorite fights are not one-sided beatings. No, of course. That's no one's favorite fight. Yeah. Um, Corvax1266 saying what sounds like hyperbole, but I legitimately, I can't think of anything to combat the statement worst squash match i've ever seen that that, i i cannot think of a worst squash match like it was it was really bad Uh, eric hartman's in the chat saying tony talks about going to sporting events with jade and that people will just stop and stare at her like i believe that especially when you see her against like the mid-tier of the aw women's division it's like yeah is this who drives jade around like is this her uber driver like what's what's their dynamic well, that's uh, like that. you look at Sky Blue, first of all, horrible name. Second of all, just they show her again. She doesn't get an entrance. She's <laughs> yeah. wearing blue. Like, let's make it even more. And then the backwards hat. It's like that's never no one's ever won a women's match that started wearing a backwards hat. It's just such a bad look. And anyway, with TJ Detweiler and Fred Durst, and we can't go any further <laughs> than that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly right. Yep. Uh heart note asking the real question. What is Jade's stance on karate shit? Yeah, one of my favorite lines. This is, I love that they allow Jade to just not care about her opponents. Like, it's so not pro wrestling. It was like, you got to put people over, get someone over. Jade always just gets to treat everyone like shit. And her, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, one of the shooter, a Jade. Oh, was it Layla Hirsch, maybe? One of the shooters on the roster. Uh, she was just like, yeah, I don't care about that karate shit. Like, <laughs> I love that. It's the best. Tony Storm wears a backwards hat, says Bobby Burritos. That's true. And okay, the, well, and I like I don't you know I know the Bellas did it at times. I believe, Carmella but I agree with you, you here. But you know what I mean? It just yeah, just especially if you show her in the looking. ring and she's yeah, it's, yeah, like she looks young and it makes her feel young to to have the backwards yeah. hat on. Anyway, Josh Barnett's name was said on TV, so I'm glad this happened. Anyway, uh, going from zero ceiling or the ceiling at the floor, if you like, to unlimited ceiling, the future <laughs> of the company. We're backstage for a hook appearance. Of course, he's sitting there in silence in the gym. The crowd knows what to do. Hook, 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 hook. He brings this crowd back to life single-handedly by sitting there in silence after the... And can you imagine you're a wrestler? It's like, wow, we need to pick up this show. It's like, don't worry. Just have Hook sit in silence. We'll get this crowd back to life. Uh, Hook is back there. Cool as a cucumber. Uh, He's about to work out, but he's interrupted by Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. 
Uh, it sounds like they're going to have a match next Wednesday, which I cannot wait for. Hook's de- wrestling debut on Dynamite. And I would just like to point out that Tony Nese and Hook on screen is basically the biggest gap in charisma that I've ever seen on screen at the same time <laughs> in anything. I-, I can't think of, I can't think of another pairing where it's like, this could be the scale. Like if the one to seven could be Tony Nese Hook. That could be it. Uh, John, I know you're probably not that exposed to Hook. Taz's son, I know you know. What what did you think of him there, uh, sitting in silence, gorgeous hair pouring out of his hood? Well, I just thought it was funny. Like it does, it, it feels a little bit like it almost made me happy in like 2022 that the way they're selling him is they're just like, look at how handsome this guy is. <laughs> Young hot God, guy. he's a beautiful guy. You know, like it's like a I boy just, band push. Yeah, like you think back to like you know even 2008, you know when the F slur was openly said on HBO. Yep. Like they would have never pushed a wrestling, a male wrestling character, by being like, "Look how good looking this guy is. This guy's a sexy motherfucker." You know, you're 100 um, so percent right, and and it is weird because Jeff Hardy always carries the reputation of being the the teen girl crush wrestler. Yeah, uh, but but New York never especially steered into it. They are like putting Hook is doing interviews with like. Uh, female dominant media and is like being marketed in that way but i do think the fellas are also here for uh it's funny oh, like great he's, he's a great looking guy he's a great looking lad i i agree with every i'm like i have no yep good looking guy no problems here the cold-hearted handsome devil indeed of course the promo ends yeah. with hook doing sort of like a mr perfect just effortlessly throws the medicine ball no look behind him it lands on danhausen which i agree with truly mcginnis danhausen getting hurt catching that medicine ball showed more charisma than Tony <laughs> this might have been the most I've enjoyed Dan Housen in AEW. Just seeing him crumple under a medicine ball. <laughs> as he, tra- I hope, I hope, I hope Hook gets to continue to no sell that stupid curse thing when Dan Housen just goes mm, and people have to sell. Uh, I'm glad Hook is always just like, love that. Is Hook a me. good? Do is he a good wrestler? Do we know this? Like, is he going to back up this whole? Uh... So he wrestles about once every seven, six, seven weeks, something like that. He hasn't wrestled anything over eight minutes, but everything we've seen is like truly outstanding. Sick. Okay. Well, uh, I love I love him. Then let's go. It, Hook. It is. Hook it's MJF. They are doing go. like genius booking with Hook, in my opinion. Like every now and then, you get a slice. And these small little glimpses. Now they only pair them with like very good in-ring lower card guys, right? Which sure, is exactly sure. what you do. Like yep. Nice is, I'm teasing. Nice has no charisma. I don't want to push, but his record on 205 Live, like he's a perfect hook opponent. He's he's a guy who can go out there and just look good with and beat. And uh, he also yeah. enters to a great Action Bronson song, which I think you might enjoy to know too, John. So the hook oh. presentation on the money. Yeah, I love it. And it, it's it it I sort was sort of joking, but like it does feel like the perfect eventual feud for mjf where mgf is so jealous that he's like a really good looking guy and effortless is like i'm the best looking guy in AEW. you know writes itself it's you're totally right and uh i just think hook it's nice when people have such a specific thing going for them that they create a new dynamic with every person you pair them up with like simply by being hook you'll get a different thing out of everybody i just can't wait till i don't know if we should ever get to see way more of this guy to be honest but uh, i can't wait till the next time i do love it and now, John, on to my match of the night, which I am shocked to say, going into tonight's card, which was absolutely loaded, as we said on the Twitter timeline and we're texting about through the day, I did not think, I thought maybe, you know, CM Punk and Penta or uh, Joe and Minoru Suzuki, certainly matches I both really liked, but the one that stole my heart tonight was Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland taking on Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, strong guys and fast guys, I call this one, John. 
Did you enjoy this match as much as me? Loved was this it. your number one of the night? Love this match. It was my favorite match of the night. Uh, I, I would say the other tag match uh, was my second place, uh, the Red Dragon versus um, Jurassic, Jurassic yeah. Express. Yep. Um, but yeah, I loved this match. Um, I thought it was, yeah, exactly like my complaint about the Red Dragon and Jurassic Express match. This was like a perfectly wrestled tag team match. And I, I loved that we actually never really got Lee and Hobbs. Like, I love that using it as like a continue, like the crowd wants it so bad. That, and because and you're, I think we're so conditioned to every match sort of delivering the one thing it's supposed to often, yeah. you know? Um, and, and so I love that, like, we felt like we were going to get it this whole time and the crowd was ready to get it, but then they never really quite got it. Yeah. You got like teased uh, I, offense and powerhouse gets yeah. out of the fireman's care. Eventually it does end up hitting the spine buster, but like, that's the long, but tease. that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? And for like, months just... they've been teasing these guys getting close to one another. I'm going to ask you a very hard question here, John. I didn't want to do this to you. Uh, you okay. know, you don't want to invite a guest on and then uh, hit him with something incredibly difficult. I'm ready. I'll ask you and I'll ask the chat. This match had Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs in it. If you were Tony Khan and you watched this match, who has the highest ceiling? Who of these four guys would be the one that you would be giving the push to? Because I, I thought that you had four star performances in this match. I thought that everyone was doing their thing. This, this, portions of this match could just be subtitled, Keith Lee is strong uh swerve strickland is cool and fast ricky starks incredibly over in his hometown of new orleans and the spears on the like guys jumping for the spears old school style absolutely fantastic and powerhouse hobbs remains about as big of a blue chip prospect as you could have in this company with that final spine buster looking like it might destroy the ring who would it be for you john well, it's interesting. I'm seeing the chat light up. Uh, for me, it, it's Hobbs, actually. But everyone mm. in the chat is saying, like, Starks or Swerve. I think Zoobs um, would be with you on Powerhouse. Were he here? I just think it's, um, whether we like to admit it or not, you know, AEW does have a lot of indie leanings, but they are still at the top of the card favoring bigger guys. So I don't know that we're necessarily going to get, like, a Swerve or a Starks AEW champion um, and maybe we, maybe I'm totally wrong on that, but no. it just, it, it does feel to me like Hobbs has the highest ceiling. It, I think some, maybe some people in the chat are voting with their heart, maybe more than their head, but to me, sure. it just seems to me like, I don't, I haven't heard him talk in fairness. He's good. But yeah. He just, he looks like a, looks like an absolute star. I agree with you. Like the end of the match looked awesome. Um, but yeah, it's easy to watch this match and feel like all four of these guys will be playing a big role in the company moving forward. Yeah, 100%. And it's nice when a match can do that. Like so often we think of matches as winners and losers and who hit the finisher. I think this is one of those matches that people will be talking about weeks, months down the road. And that all four guys, regardless of who thought Keith Lee was taking the pin here and that they, the baby faces were going to lose. I think that they left more in the tank. You want to see any of these four guys paired up again against each other. I don't care what the combination is. And everybody got their shit in and put on just a, a mechanical match that both followed the rules and just, especially on the Swerve and Lee team, even though I would actually agree with you that Hobbs would be my my number one pluck out of there. Um, but on that team, Swerve and Lee have just deep understandings of who they are. Like when Keith Lee gets going, he is rolling thunder, man. Like, and especially with smaller guys like Ricky Starks. He does one of my favorite pieces of offense ever. Big guy throws small guy when he just chucks Starks into powerhouse. 
grab him, throw him into the guy. I'm always a sucker for that spot. I love a strong guy in wrestling, but I'm with you, powerhouse in the, the first spot. Couldn't really say a good enough enough good things about this. Pacewell saying Hobbs has the best look of the four. I think I agree with that too. Yeah, that's what I that's for me too. You it's it's sort of similar to like what you're talking about with Jade Cargill. It's like you when you turn wrestling on, it's some people just pop off the screen and Hobbs has that sort of feel to him you know yeah totally and that's not to say the other three guys don't either i think they're all going to be big players but yeah i mean i love and like some of the spots were unreal that spot where swerve did the moonsault kicking off of keith lee's like chest like that was (laughs) to the floor no less yeah to the floor floor. that was oh Oh, okay as you're seeing right now on screen thank you there you go yeah so that was beautiful and i also loved the um when swerve through i think it was starks off of the top rope and then keith lee just like shoulder blocked him into the like that just looked so powerful and cool i haven't really seen that in wrestling before um so yeah no it was definitely uh definitely a great match that i really liked and it was fun to watch because i know like obviously i follow you on twitter and we talk aew a bit and i i know that you know you're you're very high on Hobbs, so it was fun to see like you know what you're what you're into on that you know I love a big, strong, cool guy. Um, I must say, though, uh, I had said with them signing Swerve Strickland, he's not a wrestler that I had very much firsthand experience with, but lots of people I knew who followed wrestling were so excited with his signing. Uh, and I just want to say, I see what you all are were saying now. Like, he's, <clears throat> as much as I have Hobbs in the number one spot, like, you couldn't go wrong with any of these four guys there. And certainly, uh, Strickland has proven himself to be somebody that I'm very eager to see more of. So, couldn't say enough good at this match, but we are going to head on in. To another keep it or kick it. Maddie, you want to play the song? Oh, okay. Keep it or kick it. Number two. Everybody remembers the rules. Keep it. Oh, I got to get my chat ready here. My emoji. Yeah, get, get your, your emojis ready. Of course, if you want to get in on this, you can hit subscribe. Although so many of you have tonight that I'm not really going to hammer for the plugs. Thank you all so much for your generosity tonight. And John, thank you again so much for uh, jumping in and co-hosting. This has been a, a blast. We love the Zoobs. The Sword and Shield will be back, but you have absolutely killed it. And uh, I've had a blast. So thank you so much, man. The Spear. Uh, You're welcome. Cullen the comic on Twitter. Blocked party pod? Blocked party on Twitter? Yes, at blocked party pod, yes. My favorite podcast. That's very high praise. Thank you. And then, yeah, and the POD cast, uh, which is the POD underscore cast with a K. Uh, and that's uh, a monthly new metal review show. Me and uh, Brian Quinby from Street Fight Radio review a classic new metal album. And it's uh, Brian, of course, been on this time. show before. Uh, beloved, I think, by many of our chat members. John does a show every month reviewing a new metal album. I mean, if this isn't a Venn diagram with wrestling fans, I don't know what it is. Check out the <laughs> POD cast with uh, he and Brian. I mean, the dynamic between John and Brian alone. You've had them. You've seen them both on this show. Seen them with me. Now put them together and watch the magic fly. That's the POD cast. And with that, keep it or kick it. John into the chat. Will you all agree 
four stars in the making tonight. Perhaps singles, but you can't push four singles at once. I saw one of the teams as a more natural tag team than the other tonight, which I thought was a little weird. And so my keep it or kick it tonight. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland forming a permanent tag team, at least for the short future, competing in the tag division instead of the singles division. Keep it or kick it. I got in the chat right away. That's a big time keep for me. No big hesitancy time from keep. Sean. Big time keep. I'm the first one in the chat because I hear I hear what you're saying before the chat here. So, so it I is cheating. Cheat. Yeah. So I do cheat a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's uh, for me because I, I agree. I think they made a perfect like big guy, fast guy pairing. They seem to be having fun together yes. too. Um, and and I think the thing for for both those guys is like swerve to me feels like your your prototypical like b plus player like he can play he can wrestle anybody on the card have a good match he can be your sort of tv champion he can be your tag champion he's probably not going to be your world champion um and then keith lee you can elevate at literally any time so why not you know well if jungle boy and luchasaurus are going to be exiting the tag division they're the only big guy little guy tag team so it is the it is wide open and I just thought they were excellent tonight. I thought the dynamic was sort of largely obvious. And uh, like you said, it looked like they were having a blast out there. And they're not the tag team. Like Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs are the tag team of Team Taz. Like crazy out there. Let's see where the chat is on it. Eric Hartman with a keep. Cullen the Comic with a keep. Hits Merrill with a keep. Anfield Road with a keep. Dennis Dirty Work with a keep. Trillian McGinnis with a keep. Thank you for the follow. No one taken. Appreciate that. Scoots Brodo with a kick, Pacefall with a kick, the Matty Mac with a keep, Hartnote with a kick, and Dan Daniels the third with a kick. Can't kick hard or far enough. But people don't understand. Keep it or kick it is binary. The, the strength of the kick, it holds no power here. You, yeah. you, you I read it aloud one one emoji, just like all the others. Um, that's the power of keep it or kick it. It is the the one vote, the strength. The pillar of which is built off of Rosa, Thunder Rosa, we all remember her song, is backstage and her promo was interrupted again by Nyla and Vicky. Okay, I understand that Nyla and Vicky are better promos than Thunder Rosa. This is like the third, or sorry, three out of four weeks that she's been interrupted. It's a little old for me. That said, nice to see the champion get to look smart and strong. Like as soon as that cake is out there, all of our wrestling brains are like, oh, we're going to get Thunder Rosa's face in that cake. But instead, Thunder Rosa goes, you think I'm stupid? And puts the cake into Nyla Rosa's face, which I thought was a nice touch. I also actually loved the Vicky Guerrero line where it's like, no, no, no. We're out here to celebrate. We're out here to celebrate you having the shortest title reign ever. <laughs> I, I, I legitimately was like, that's funny. That is a good line. Although my pal Vicky Guerrero, not going to set the world on fire, but I am ready for uh, Rosa versus Nyla. I think they're going to have a good match again. Sure. You weren't a fan, John. I don't, I don't know enough about the feud for it to really hit for me. Um, and I was watching it with my fiance, Becca, who never watches wrestling and was very confused about the presence of Vicky Guerrero. So I spent, so I spent most of the, I spent most of that promo explaining to her who Vicky Guerrero is. You should have just said heat magnet, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, the, my biggest praise of this is that they allowed the champion to not look stupid. I do think Thunder Rosa is going to defend, and so usually in that case, Nyla would stand strong here, but it's not the case, uh, and good to see. I mean, Nyla does beat her up after with the cake, uh, even with the cake on her face, but still. Then, John, 
we get one of my favorite things in wrestling an announcement of an announcement of next week on AEW dynamite i know it's gonna get you to tune in john tony khan has a huge announcement another huge announcement this guy loves making huge announcements never makes any small ones yeah i do feel like it's sometimes like we've got a huge announcement Jay Lethal's here. Actually, no, that isn't true. They didn't announce it. He was a surprise debut. So maybe I'm, uh, John, I don't think you have much to pontificate about, about what the huge announcement might be, but I think people probably want to know what I think it is. I think it's either ROH TV, uh, that they're going to tell you where and when you're going to be able to watch Ring of Honor television, uh, or something akin to that, another Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I think it's going to be something Ring of Honor related. Uh, I saw people saying that it'll be the video game announcement, but isn't that out there that it's out in September now? Either way, that's huge for me. I need that video game to be great. John, if, if you heard the AW game was sort of a throwback to No Mercy, but with good graphics. Sold. Yeah, you're Sold. into Yeah. Me too, man. Sold. It is it's THQ doing it, right? Or or someone related that worked on it or whatever. So yeah, THQ's done, but it's the lead developer for uh who did No Mercy, the the director of that, and then a bunch of the same programmers. So love it. Yeah, there's tons of reason for optimism. Where do I sign? I'm I'm in. Yeah. 100%. John's in. I'm in. Matt. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm <clears> sorry. Pasta. <throat> He's got pasta in his throat. Everybody wants to know the backstory on that pasta. Main event time. So Samoa oh, Joe here against Japanese legend Minoru the King Suzuki. Now, John, I just need to warn you. Uh, I don't want to hear any shit about this old Japanese guy or who's this guy. I know or... who Suzuki is. Oh God, I just wanted to make sure we didn't touch on any sore yeah, points. Yeah, everybody knows he killed a guy and got away with it. We okay. all know about the whole Minoru Suzuki thing. Well, we all do now because the bad boy is informing us and I appreciate it. What? I, if am, you I not told... wrong? am I not wrong? Am I wrong? No, you're bang on correct. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying you're, you're teaching us. I appreciate it. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, this is so cool when this happens. They announced Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. And of course, my heart gets racing. That's a, that's a little Josh bait on the card right there. And then you sort of imagine what it's going to be. And then I'm like, yeah, Minoru probably can't get Joe up for the gotch style pile driver. And there's no fucking way he'll take a mu- muscle buster. So let's keep our expectations in check. And gets him up for the gotch. He hit 53-year-old Minoru Suzuki's ass with maybe the most dangerous finisher in pro wrestling, the Muscle Buster. These guys beat the ever-loving hell out of each other on a Wednesday night. They were out there dying for our sins, chasing glory. Uh, This absolutely lived up to my expectations. They get a This Is Awesome chant, uh, like, just from chops. (laughs) They're just chopping one another. The crowd is going, This Is Awesome. Uh, Joe's ability to become a purple onion before anybody else uh, remains an incredibly great thing in wrestling. Uh, I don't know how this guy manages to just turn purple, but it really works for matches like this. Um, I love this brawl. John, what did you think of this one? Two, two hammers going at it. Uh, it was, the, I'll be honest. This is not my type of sure. match. Uh, I don't, I don't think it was bad. I just, I've seen these types of matches in new Japan before this sort of slap fight, stiff working type of thing. Um, and it's just not my my cup of tea it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it was bad um I, I could clearly sense the crowd was enjoying it i get the sort of you know joe's in aew now he's facing off against suzuki it feels like a sort of fever dream match yeah. that would have you know I, two years ago you would have never even 
exactly. imagined this was possible. So I get all of that. I just think I may be the wrong audience for it. And, and don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I hated it no, or no, anything. No. It's just not my, uh, that's not the type of match that I'm going to like love, love. So in that vein, I'll actually praise AEW because I think you loving the last match that we talked about, that four-man tag, and then sort of saying, yeah, this one's less my style. It makes a lot of sense, right? Not similar matches. I want to credit AEW because often they're so bad at like talking to each other and you'll see a lot of the same stuff on the same shows. I love that this show was alternating styles. Like it was a wrestling variety show where you had the, the six man that was sort of your loose brawl with the beat down afterwards, the more cl very classic sort of NWA match out of punk in the beginning. And then a outright new Japan mid card style brawl between Joe and uh, Minoru Suzuki in the main event. So even if, like whenever show this varied it makes a lot of sense that a person's going to respond more or less to certain parts of it and i think it's really cool that they can offer that sort of buffet instead of just you know you watch some other companies even gcw which i love so much and it's like okay we're really sticking within the gcw style here and i thought that this sort of like prime nxt that i like so much and even early ecw it was sort of mixing up its formula each match as we worked our way around the card so wherever you land on i think it's nice to have a, a variety out there at least yeah, I agree. And I thought like, love that there was lots of short promos. And, and I think mo almost all the promos were effective at getting the people over and, and yeah, it just felt like a very tightly programmed uh, two hours of wrestling television to me. Paceball saying, I liked when they hit each other a bunch. I think that's good, accurate analysis for tonight. Um, unfortunately, this uh, pretty good match is followed by a lights out Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal are out with Satnam Singh, who is debuting. I, they just got to get away from this shit, man. I don't, this is not interesting to me. It's like Samoa Joe wins this big match and it's like, wow, three losers are <laughs> who I don't care about in the debut or beating down Samoa Joe. Like it's not heel heat in terms of like, I want Samoa Joe to have a match against these guys and beat them. I'm just like, I want Samoa Joe and Minoru Suzuki to get up, swat these losers away like flies together. 2v3 no problem and just get him out of here um anfield road saying damn my feed cut out right after the bell yeah i wish mine would have uh, i wish it's so weird too because tony khan made this big deal on twitter this week about using overrun time it's like oh we've got overrun time this week it's like i fucking wish you wouldn't have i wish those last two minutes <laughs> didn't happen we were better yeah. off at the top of the hour i thought yeah um very sloppy very evocative of the worst stuff out of wrestling that i don't like where it's just like here's two guys you don't care about now involved and i don't know kind of sloppy and all over the place for me but that was dynamite uh, a largely great in-ring show i thought with some real consistency excluding the the ladies match there in the middle lack of promos on the show not a a bad thing we knew going into this stacked in-ring show that that was how it was going to be but you know we didn't get to hear much from eddie kingston cm punk or mjf little promos here and there but i'm ready next week for those two to get some airtime. John, you started the show at about a six, you said. Or at least you said that's what you guessed somebody who stayed tuned to that uh, would say. Do you feel sort of the same now that we've gone through it? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's just hearing, like, people agreeing with some of the takes I had in the chat and you and, you know, the, the fact that there were, like, still some misses on the card, like, promo-wise and match-wise. Um, and then just, yeah, the you know, the main event maybe not being exactly my cup of tea, but uh, yeah, I feel pretty, I feel pretty good on the six. I think that's, that feels correct for me. Absolutely fantastic. And I think I'm going to stay at six and a half. I thought uh, very little low points on this show. Stories advanced. Wardlow continues to look big. 
they are entering that weird space now where they're not quite close enough to double or nothing the next pay-per-view so the tv might be in a bit of a holding pattern the next couple weeks and i thought tonight might be sort of the last great show for for three uh weeks or so but then we'll be into the build the double or nothing and uh, i know some chat members are going to that so very excited i'm still at six and a half and john thank you for being the spear tonight thank you for being the other double dude um can you can you review being on wrestling brain uh what what did you sort of having having the spotlight for you know the big great uh yeah it was great it was everything i thought it would be um my my takes were perfect and the chat the chat was wonderful and maddie's theme songs were amazing (laughs) and uh yeah no i mean it was a great time it was pretty much exactly how i figured it would go i mean you and i were maybe worried that our chemistry wouldn't be there but you know we well i feel like you were worried about that which made me worried about when you said I, I think I your exact joking. words were, listen, I'm kind of a comedy uh, savant and, and you're kind of a, <laughs> a, a guy. Listen, it's true. I grew up in a trailer, but you don't have to throw it in my face. And I'm trying, I'm trying to hang here with the big boys. Um, That's what I said to you when you're like, hey, will you come on Wrestling Brain tonight? And I was like, I don't do shows with guys who grew up in trailers. <laughs> yeah, that, that was your exact verb. That was Did my you exact response. Yeah. No, it I was don't... nice. I mean, I, I think too, like I, I uh, it was nice that, no, you know, um, the one person called me like a fake fan at the start or whatever, but I think right. it was also nice that you, the brainiacs were accepting of, you know, maybe someone who is not as into, uh, you know, AEW as they've come to expect from Zoobs every week. So, um, so yeah, it was nice to feel accepted and, uh, and great to be here and I'd come back anytime. I was just about to say, please come back whenever you like after a big pay-per-view, whenever the bad boy wants a voice on this channel, he can have it. Cause I love him dearly. And I know that people here do. So John, I'm going to get into the post show, talk a little GCW, chill with Matt, but thank you so much for coming on. It's Cullen, the comic on Twitter, uh, follow his projects. They're all great. He is my brother. John, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks to all the brainiacs out there and we'll see you soon. Bye guys. Night, John. And with that, I am just going to say good night to the Nasty Casties. The uh, podcast portion of this program is over. We're going to post show here with uh, the youthful one and I. This might be uh, a bit of a rare occurrence around here, but I am greatly looking forward to it. This is uh, this is very fun. So uh, to you, the Nasty Casties, I'll let Maddie say. You want to send him off with the love and energy, Maddie? Love and energy. Oh,